It's February 2004, and we find ourselves at a T-Mobile store somewhere just outside of Los Angeles. And it's at this very moment that the store's phone begins to ring. T-Mobile, how can I help you? On the other end of the phone is someone identifying themselves as a company rep, claiming to be from T-Mobile's headquarters in Washington. We heard you've been having problems with your customer account tools. The caller asks. The employee doesn't know what the caller's talking about. There have been a few slowdowns, maybe, the employee says. But that's about it. Yeah, that's what's described here in the report. The caller replies. We're going to have to look into this for a quick sec. The caller then asks the sales clerk for their login credentials for the company's internal website, a site that employees use to manage customer accounts. And the sales clerk, not suspecting that a request like this could be, well, suspicious, goes along with it, giving up not only their username, but their password as well. And with that, the caller on the other end of the phone is in. And it's then that the real hijinks begin. If you don't know what movie or TV show that last scene was from, it's because, well, it wasn't from any of them. But it did still come from Hollywood. In fact, it's a hack that's been credited as the first big hack that Hollywood had ever experienced. And in case you hadn't figured it out already, that caller on the other end of the line, well, he wasn't from T-Mobile's head office. Instead, it was a teenager from the suburbs of Massachusetts named Cameron Lacroix. And once Cameron had access to T-Mobile's internal website, he began snooping around the customer database to see if he could find any accounts that belonged to the rich and the famous. And the first one that Cameron found belonged to actor Lawrence Fishburne. And largely because Cameron was a 16-year-old boy, he called up Lawrence Fishburne and instantly began quoting lines back to him from his role in the movie The Matrix. As you no doubt have guessed, I am Morpheus. The next celebrity name he finds one that belongs to a certain hotel heiress slash reality TV star named Paris Hilton. And that's when Cameron Lacroix hit the jackpot. Not only did he find Paris Hilton's phone number, but he also found her address book too, including the contact info of about 500 of her nearest and dearest Hollywood besties. Folks like Christina Aguilera, Eminem, and Vin Diesel. He was also able to read Paris Hilton's text messages. And then, to make matters even worse, he found Paris Hilton's photos. Nude photos of her, all of which he leaked online. Now, what I've always found interesting about this story isn't the embarrassing photos or the potential for celebrity prank phone calls. It's the sheer amount of private information that's stored on each and every one of our phones and how vulnerable that makes us all. Now, I know that if somebody physically stole my phone, I'd probably be pretty screwed. But in the case of Paris Hilton, this hacker, he never got access to her physical phone. He managed to hack her entirely remotely. And the amount of private information he was able to get from that hack is enough to make anyone paranoid. But given that that hack happened 15 years ago, am I so naive in assuming that cell phone security is pretty locked down by this point that a hacker wouldn't be able to get access to all of my personal information remotely? Without my permission? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. This computer is on the job around the clock in case of attack. Their principal target is you. The design is complete. But will it work? 
Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm here again with cybersecurity guru, Bruce Snell. Hello, Bruce. <laughs> Hello, Jeff. How are you? I am very well, uh, except for the fact that in just a few minutes, uh, a hacker is going to hack all of the treasure trove of personal information that sits on my cell phone. Can you uh, delete so, my number and email address off of your phone before you do that? <laughs> Not a chance, my friend. <laughs> oh, um, but before that happens, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh-huh. We have some great episodes planned for this season, but perhaps none that seem as painfully relevant to me as this one. At this point, Bruce, I don't even leave the house without my cell phone. Right. And not only is it with me always, but I feel totally certain that it has more in personal information on me than any other single device I own. Mm-hmm. And I hear all these stories about identity theft. And it seems to me that even if you only had a small fraction of the information that's on my cell phone, you could probably steal my identity super quick. Well, I mean, look at what you what is on the phone now. I mean, it's not just a matter of, oh, I've got all my contacts and you've got credit cards on on your phone with, you know, Apple Pay and Google Pay and things like that. You've also got your health insurance cards or my auto insurance cards are on my phone, right? So there's so many different things that are on our phones now that it is. I mean, it's definitely becoming a really uh, tempting target for cyber criminals. As we were preparing for this episode Mm -hmm. and looking up the history of phone hacking, I'm like, I always love the history part of of this stuff. I wonder if you know where I'm going with this. We're looking up phone freaking. You know about phone freaking? I do. I know quite a bit about that. Okay, then you may have heard of the godfather of phone freakers. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard of Joy Bubbles? Yes. Okay, well, we (laughs) I hadn't heard of Joy Bubbles, and our story producer, Pedro Mendez, hadn't heard of Joy Bubbles either. Uh We talked to a woman who's making a documentary film about Joy Bubbles. Oh, really? That's fantastic. And now Pedro will bring you that conversation and the story of the godfather of phone freakers, Joy Bubbles. Excellent. About 20 years ago, if you dialed a certain phone number, you'd hear a recording, a sort of early version of a podcast. Well, well, hello, kids and kidzoids. Here we are again, and stories and stuff. Sometimes stories, sometimes stuff. This is Joy Bubbles here in Minneapolis, your storyteller. Yeah, when you get a phone call, you never know what kind of adventure it's going to be. This adventure, the real-life adventure of Joe, Joy Bubbles, and Gracia, begins in the 1950s, long before he made that recording. Joe was born blind and lived an isolated and lonely childhood. That all changed the day his mother introduced him to the telephone. He started messing around with it and figured out how to dial, you know, other telephone numbers and realized that he could actually talk to people who were live on the other end of the line. And that just, like, exploded his whole world. That is Rachel Morrison. She's a documentarian, and she's making a film about Joy Bubbles. So Joe heard this tone in the background one day, and he he decided to whistle along with it and sort of mimic that same exact tone. Um, He didn't know this at the time, but he had perfect pitch. And when he whistled that tone, it cut the line off. So he had hung up the call, and he still had the receiver in his hand. And so the telephone system thought he had hung up the call and they were no longer charging him for a call. And he was inside of the telephone. Back then, the telephone system was analog and controlled by a series of tones. Joe realized that by whistling certain tones, 
he could make as many free long-distance calls as he wanted. What Joe was doing was pure play, pure discovery. He had no ill intentions whatsoever when he was, you know, hacking into the phone and making free phone calls. He was not thinking about the fact that he was sort of... Well, I mean, what he was doing was illegal. After years of hacking the phone system, Joe was finally caught. But not until he went to college and his superpower was revealed. All these, you know, students on campus found out that this blind guy could whistle a free call, and they kind of, like, crowded around and lined up at the payphone, and he was charging um, everyone a dollar to make a free long-distance call. And he started becoming really popular, and it was really exciting for him. But the telephone operator got wind of what was going on and alerted the authorities. Joe's story was eventually covered in national newspapers, and that's when Joe found out he wasn't alone. There was a whole network of people known as phone freaks. They were some of the first tech hackers, and since they didn't have Joe's superpower, they used these gadgets called blue boxes to emit specific tones. In fact, after reading an article about Joe and the phone freaks, a couple of young guys were so inspired, they started making their own blue boxes. Those guys went on to found a pretty big computer company. Yep, none other than Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Joe was the center of this community, the godfather of these early hackers. But after college and struggling to find a job, Joe's ability to connect to the world via the telephone was threatened when the phone system went digital in the early 80s. His superpower didn't work anymore. He kind of shifted his obsession with the telephone into an obsession with um, himself and his past, and he decided he would relive his childhood. And so he declared himself the age of five forever. And then in 1991, he decided he was going to legally change his name from Joe Ingressia to Joy Bubbles. Joy Bubbles continued to use the phone to reach out and connect to people, but this time without hacking. Instead, he placed ads in newspapers around the world, inviting people to make collect calls to him, just to chat. He eventually came up with the idea of Stories and Stuff, a weekly recording where he shared personal memories, life advice, and stories he heard from other callers. Hello, hello. Oh, I love the word hello. That's one of my favorite words, I think, because it reminds me of one of my favorite things, the telephone. Oh, speaking of phones, I wish you could have been on the phone with me last night. It was about two in the morning our time. I think throughout his life, he sort of embraced that idea of play, which a lot of hackers have. And I, you know, and that's the really positive side of hacking. And that's how people figure things out. And they sort of, they see something and they're like, I, you know, it's meant to go, it's meant to work in this way, but I wonder if I can make it do this thing that it's sort of not supposed to do. Joy Bubbles died of heart failure in 2007 at the age of 58. Rachel hopes to release her movie about his life in the next year. Stay strong and take care of each other and find some time to play. Bye for now. So that was story producer Pedro Mendez bringing us the story of the granddaddy of phone freaking. That's really interesting. And these guys really were the first hackers. Yeah. Is that, is that true? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It, it kind of set the, what I, what I think of the real definition of hacker, which is, you know, somebody that really just kind of figures out a way to exploit a system almost out of curiosity. So Bruce, Craig Young from Tripwire Vert, who was on the show last season doing the smart plug hack, is back. Excellent. And he is going to show me how 
my phone is not as safe as I think it is. Or at mm-hmm. least the information on my phone is not as safe as I think it is. Gotcha. So uh, I will see you on the other side, my friend. Good luck. Craig Young, Principal Security Researcher with Tripwire Vert. Welcome back to Hackable. Hey, thanks for having me. Craig, today on the show, you are going to hack my cell phone? Yeah, so today what I'm going to try and do is gain access to the file system on your phone. Okay, I don't know what that is. What, what is the file system on my phone? So um, your phone is basically a little computer, and it's kind of like you've got a C drive in there. And the C drive has your downloads and your documents and... Okay, so it's, it's, it's basically my phone's hard drive. Yeah, the memory contents of your phone. Okay, I'm, I am intrigued. I guess I don't view my cell phone. I guess it, obviously it is a computer, but I don't, I don't view it in the same way that I view my hard drive. So I'm curious what, if anything, uh, you can find. How do you do this? How do you get control? It's going to be targeting a particular app vulnerability. And specifically, there's an application called File Explorer for Android that was recently found to have some serious vulnerabilities in it. Okay, so th- I hope this doesn't screw up your plan. So I actually have an iPhone. I don't have an Android phone. Is is your demo still applicable to an iPhone? Not at this time. Oh. Maybe uh, somebody else has an Android device around. I used to have an Android, and I recently switched. Um, oh, you know what? I have. I do have a thought. Um, can you hang on a second? I do work with someone who I who I I think has an Android. Can you hang on a sec? Sure. Pedro, do you yeah. have like two minutes, five minutes? Um, I, mean, I, I guess. I'm yeah. in a small jail. I have I'm I have Craig doing the phone hack in the studio. Right, right. And it doesn't work with my phone because it's an iPhone. Do you, uh, can we? You have Jupiter Android? Yeah. Can we borrow it. What are you gonna do to it? We're just, it's just he has to. I think it, I don't think it damages the phone. I just think we you just don't need, think it damages. I think it, I think it's fine. Do you want to come here? Why don't you come? Do you want to come? You come. Okay. All right, fine. Five minutes. Maybe go. ten minutes? Fine. Okay, so uh, we have Pedro and his phone back in the studio. Just to be totally transparent, we are in a studio and you are thousands of miles away in a different studio, but we are video chatting right now. What, what do we, how do we do this? Uh, well, Pedro, do you have an app on your phone already for uh, browsing the files on the phone? Yeah, yeah, like a like a file exploring app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I've got one. Here, I'll show you which I have this one. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we can work with that. So, Craig, if I understand this correctly, you first need us to click on a link in what I guess could be described as some sort of phishing email, a, a scammy email, which if you were an evil hacker, you would send to me and try and trick me into clicking on somehow. I'm not going to make you go through the hassle of actually trying to trick me because I know what you're trying to do. Um, you send the link to me and I have it here open on my phone, which I will now forward along to Pedro so he can open it up on his. Actually, if Pedro's phone is connected to the same Wi-Fi as you, you can just click the phishing link from your computer and it should find his phone on the same network. Really? So you just need to be on our Wi-Fi network and then you have access to any phone that's vulnerable? You just need to be on your Wi-Fi network. <laughs> so... Wow. So anybody that's connected to this Wi-Fi network right now could click on this wonky link through a phishing email or whatever. And because they clicked on this link, Pedro's phone 
may be vulnerable to an attack. That's amazing. Yeah, no kidding. Because I'm sitting here thinking, you keep using the word attack. I still don't know what's going to happen to my phone. Okay, so Craig, what? So Pedro, uh, the phone is on the desk? Can I have your phone, Pedro? Or do you? No, I'm going to hold on to it. Okay, so Pedro it, is but holding it's on. But it's connected. It's turned on. It's connected yeah, to it's the Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's on the Wi-Fi network. Okay, so, so Craig, I am going to click on the link that you sent me. And, and this will be as if it was you sent me a phishing email, which I'm not going to make you go through the exercise of doing because I know you're sending it. So it just wouldn't be fair. But I, I am, I am, here it is. Here's the link from you. Okay, so I am clicking on the link that you sent me. And I and, see the request has come through. Okay. There's nothing on the webpage uh, that you sent me, but I guess you could have made this out to be a probably anything you wanted. Could, could you have put a satisfying web page behind this to make me think that yeah, hijinks isn't happening? Um, so the software that's running this is actually an educational aid that I use for the class that I teach at Black Hat. Um, oh, okay. So when somebody would want to use this in a more lifelike campaign, they, they absolutely could reskin it. Huh. Right. So, uh, oh, it's completed. I just got a notice that says DNS rebinding completed. Yep, and I, I see it's fed some data back into my system here. What kind of data? Uh, okay, so right now it's uploading some photographs. What uh, What do you mean uploading photographs? Like Pedro's well, photographs? So looks like there's something from an anime convention here. Uh, what? 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 Somebody likes uh, cigars, definitely. Some pictures of cigars coming through. Yeah. Oh, it looks like this is actually, we're seeing the WhatsApp messages now. You're seeing his messages? What are you seeing? So I'm seeing a lot of pictures of uh, clothing. There's a lot of different samplings of uh, some slacks. <laughs> okay, um, I'd prefer to call them trousers, but... <laughs> trousers, okay. Okay. Who do you chat with on WhatsApp and just send pictures of slacks back and forth? Well, I don't know. Friends? Tailors? <laughs> it's none of your business. But I deleted all that stuff. I took those pictures, you know, sent them, and then because they were taking up space or whatever, or some of them... I'm going to get nervous here because some of those images that I took were like private images. I took them, sent them, and then deleted them from my gallery. But let's keep going, Craig. What else can you find on there? Uh, so there's some soccer jerseys. Okay. And let's see. Oh, some tasty pizza. <laughs> I, there are, honestly, my image gallery right now has three images in it. It's a dog crate that I'm going to sell. That's that's the, those are the only images on my phone right now. I have so many questions. For like, who? Well, why, guess, why are you well, looking at me that I, way? Well, my first question is is still the, the pictures of pants, but I'm gonna I'm gonna just leave that be. But but I I guess I'm also wondering, and maybe this is a whole other episode. But when we delete stuff, or when Pedro deletes things from his phone, so it looks like in this case the WhatsApp chat service was keeping these as a backup archives for Pedro, but keeping so them on separate, my phone. Yeah, keeping them on your phone, um, separate from your normal camera roll, but still in a backup directory for WhatsApp messages, and probably an archive for the future Pedro Mendez trouser library. <laughs> Listen, I'm just freaking out. I don't want to think about trousers Are right now. Are you cool? Can we continue this? I don't want to invade your privacy. Well, it's all. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, sure, <laughs> I, you don't. This is crazy that you can you can see all of Pedro's pictures. Can can I don't know if you're cool with this, Pedro. Can can I? Can you show them to me? Is that are you cool with that? Uh, I think it's too late because I think he's bringing stuff up. On okay, the he's sharing his screen. But okay, 
Oh my god. That's and my there's, son. There's your he's son. Halloween costume. Oh, he's the cutest little ninja in the world. What yeah, is that is happening? a nice costume. It's a nice costume. Thank I don't you, know. But I deleted that picture a long time ago. That, that okay. And <sighs> so a picture's of pizza? There's hundreds of images in here. All so this your, stuff your was vacation deleted. Photos. Oh. <laughs> Wait, no, go back, go back, go back. What? Okay. Oh. Oh, I don't even know how to describe this. Um, I feel compelled to take a moment, if you can just stick on this picture, so I can describe it for the audience. So Pedro's wearing um, a flowing red robe with uh, some kind of bindings around his wrist and has sort of bouffant hair and a, uh, um, like a medieval-style shirt. It's a sword on my back. It's a sword on your back. It's cosplay. It's cosplay. I used to do cosplay okay? used to do used to do cosplay so you used to dress up yeah i used to dress up as anime characters this is mugen from I samurai to, champloo so what's amazing is uh um, yes i'm standing next to a cross-dressing geisha no that wasn't the amazing part the amazing part is that is that you say <laughs> i used to do this you, you don't look you don't look really that young okay it was just a few years ago <laughs> um uh, oh i just can't believe these pictures are okay what what else can you find greg oh jeez. Well, so it looks like uh, there was a call recorder app installed on here before. So there's what? a recording of a phone call there. What? <gasps> Back from no, 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 November? No, 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 no. I had no, let's not listen to that. Yeah, we're not going to listen to any phone calls. I didn't okay. see any uh, documents and whatnot. Do you record um, all your phone calls? Sometimes. I need to protect myself. What else do you have? So I didn't come across any documents, but things that had been downloaded through the web browser. So like, for example, if you might do banking and save an account statement, that could wind up. Um, And it's really important to think about, it's not just that I can access this as a hacker after you've clicked on this phishing link, but really any application that you install on your phone and you give it access to the storage, it's going to be able to potentially get all of this data as well. And you just won't have any knowledge of that. Yeah, like when you install a new a new app and it asks you for all these permissions, right? And it says it needs to do this, needs to do this. It does ask for storage sometimes. That sounds familiar. Yeah, and the File Explorer app specifically definitely asked for storage because it's allowing you to look around through the files on your phone. And I'm kind of piggybacking on that permission to be able to access these files now. Wow. All right, I'm, starting it, to feel, I'm starting to feel what it, what it must feel like to be Jeff Siskin. <laughs> if you whoa, look at the whoa, phone, whoa, I think it should have just popped up the YouTube app. Yeah, YouTube just launched on my phone. Did I you, so you saw got, that, right? Yeah. On the desk. So I've got now a listing of all of the apps that are on the phone. It looks like I can uh, run any of them that I want to and even pull down the installers. What? Give me that what do you back. Mean the Give that back okay, to me. Take, okay, fine. Take it. What do you mean the installers? What is that? Uh, so if there was, say, a private application for an enterprise that could be downloaded off of the phone and somebody else might be able to then try and use it to connect into enterprise services. I have to say here, I don't know if you can see on your screen Pedro's face, but I just have to describe it. There's a, a look, his jaw. I don't think I've ever seen anybody actually slack-jawed and 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 with this look of, of um, is it depression? No, How it's nausea. Nausea. It's mostly nausea. <laughs> So just to summarize, Pedro's phone was on the same network. I opened a phishing email on my phone. You were able to get into my network using Hacker Magic and find all the various devices that you were able to get into. 
And once you got into Pedro's phone, you were able to see all of his goofy pictures, which again, I say with a huge amount of respect. Yeah, once again. You were able to get recordings of his phone calls, which I find bonkers for uh, a number of reasons, um, only one of which is that Pedro records his phone calls. And yep. and that my guess is like, we've only been doing this for for you know 10 minutes or so. My guess is that's kind of the tip of the iceberg if you were to keep looking. Which I'm going to ask you not to do at this point. Thank I feel you. Like we've invaded Pedro's privacy uh, enough. For, oh, okay. So there is a line. <laughs> for the day. There's a line. And I, think that, I think this is it. So this is crazy, Craig. Often I'm left kind of gobsmacked by these demos. This one, I think because I have such a personal relationship with my phone, as I'm sure Pedro does, and I'm sure you do, and I'm sure most of us do. I think that this feels more invasive than most. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very intimate kind of thing to have your phone compromised in this day and age. I'm back with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. Bruce, that, um, he found a lot of stuff. I'm glad it wasn't my phone. No, good (laughs) thing, good thing. Pedro has now locked down the security on his phone. So in case anyone out there is thinking of doing more monkey business to Pedro, (laughs) find even more pictures of slacks, they cannot. (laughs) Though Pedro has, in fact, very generously allowed us to post some of his amazing cosplay pictures of Pedro in anime costumes on our website, which I think is both very brave of Pedro as well. It's really, it's a true gift to the internet. And you can find (laughs) all of those pictures on our website at hackablepodcast.com. So this was certainly a wake-up call to me, uh-huh. just just in terms of not only how much information we all have on our phone, because I kind of know that and I get that, but the fact that it was even information that was thought to be deleted. Right. Like, and, and, and people, I know there is the thing that nothing ever really goes away if it's digital, but... But you don't expect do it you, to be hanging out still on your phone. Well, exactly. Right. And so if you want to protect your phone, if I want to protect my phone and I do... What can I do about it? You know, it's interesting because I, I just I have I have a friend who is probably one of the seven people that had a Windows phone, um, and, it, <laughs> and nice. it just very recently died. But he, so he he just he picked up an Android device, and so he you know is he messages me through Facebook says, "Hey, do I need do I need to run antivirus on this?" And okay. and it's interesting because you if you look you know if you do depending on where you look you know you'll you'll find contrary opinions right. Um, okay. a lot of people say, oh, you don't need to, you know, just be smart and you don't have to run antivirus on it or, or whatever. A, a good piece of advice is to just go to legitimate app stores. Cause you know, in this, in the case of my friend, there was an app that he wanted to download, but he saw like five different versions of, of the same app with the same name on different app stores. And sure enough, you know, three of those were malicious files, right? Were actually uh, okay. had backdoors on them, but that's just part of the problem, right? Because you look at the app that you were using, the you know the File Explorer app is a legitimate application, right? There wasn't yeah. there wasn't a any malicious code in that application, but there was a vulnerability in it, right? So there are yeah. there are still the same issues that you run into on your PC on your or your Mac where you've got these applications you've installed that have potential exploits that can target them. Okay. So for that, that's where you actually start needing to make sure that you're running some sort of security software on your your mobile device, uh, especially on Android. Um, run some sort of you know mobile um, antivirus software or something like that to make sure that 
you're protected not only against downloading bogus software, but also from exploits that will attack your legitimate software. Would you do, is there anything else? You know, obviously there's my, my standard, uh, <laughs> you know, summon your inner Scully, right? And yes, make, I believe that's the don't be an idiot. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be yes. nice. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, as you know, I, I now live in the South. So we have the, the phrase, bless their heart, right? It's this, you know, when you, when you don't want to say somebody's being dumb, you say, oh, bless their oh, heart. Bless right? their heart. Um, <laughs> that's very kind. So, yeah. So same thing. It, it's like, um, you know, be, be suspicious and be skeptical of links that are sent to you. In this episode, we talked about actual exploit, but there's also social engineering that goes on as well to try and get you to enter in your password somewhere or you know, download a file or something like that. So that's where you have to be really cautious about the places you go and the links that you click uh, to make sure that you're not going anywhere that's, that's not safe. So let me repeat this back to you just to make sure I have it right in my thick brain, which uh, <laughs> sometimes needs repeating. If you're going to download an app, uh, maybe make sure you're getting it from a legit app store, a place like the Google App Store or the Amazon App Store, not from like Fred's app. <laughs> right. You know, in the back corner of the internet somewhere. Not so well, much. And, and, you know, joking aside, there are, I mean, there are a lot of, of Chinese app stores that just pop up that, really? that people tend to, you know, they'll be cracked versions of legitimate software that you can go and find. So yeah, definitely there's, you know, there, there's some shady ones out there. Security software on your mobile device, probably a good idea, uh-huh. uh, particularly if you have an Android. Right. And finally, bless their heart. Be skeptical, Bruce. <laughs> Always be skeptical of, uh, of links, of wonky sites. If it stinks, then it probably is stinky. I think is that's, that's what they say up here in the North. <laughs> so, <laughs> We're going to put all these tips online on our website, which is hackablepodcast.com. And we have something brand spanking new, and I'm totally excited about it. We have our own phone number, a hackable phone number. The number is 855-4-HACKABLE, 855, and then the number four, and then hackable. And we have this because we want you to call us. Uh, If you have um, ideas for episodes or just want to talk to us or give us comments or whatever, uh, please call us because I'm really excited about this and I hope you are too. Again, that's 855-4-HACKABLE. This has been Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. Uh, Bruce Snell, thanks so much. It's been a pleasure, sir. Thanks, Jeff. It's a pleasure as always. Hold up. 